This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Dog Catchers in the Rye. At Dog Catchers in the Rye, it's not about money, it's about respect. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. It's Easter week on Pod Cemetery with 1972's Night of the Lepus. Or possibly Lepus. Or possibly Lepus. And 2014's Beaster Day. Here comes Peter Cotton Hell. Also, stick around at the end of the episode because we will be sharing our trying our damnedest to be spoiler-free thoughts on the new Pet Cemetery remake, which we went out and saw. But before we get to any of that, Kelsey, how do we start the show? Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition. Give me what you got. What is placed over the head of the first victim to suffocate in Black Christmas from 1974? Okay, well, I'm not sure how to exactly phrase this, but it's like a dry cleaning bag from a dress. According to the card, it is a plastic bag. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yes. All right, Kelsey. Yes. Uh, this is in honor of our recent Evil Dead 2 episode. Okay. What was Army of Darkness, 1992, originally going to be titled? Evil Dead 3? <laughs> no. What era does Army of Darkness take place in? 1300s. What era would be, you know, knights and castles and- Medieval times? Yeah. Medieval dead? Yes. <laughs> oh, that would have been a cute name. It would have been, yes. <laughs> Should have done that. <laughs> All right. To make it up to you, I will ask you an easy question in round two later on in the episode. But first, we need to talk about- 1972's Night of the Lepus. Interestingly, they pronounce it like if you were to call the rabbits leapers, but without the R. The Lepus. A bunch of Lepus. <laughs> <laughs> Night of the Lepus was written by Don Holliday and Jean R. Kearney based on the novel The Year of the Angry Rabbit by Russell Braddon, and the film was also directed by William F. Claxton and starred Stuart Whitman, Janet Lee, and Rory Calhoun. What is Night of the Lepus about? Rabbits are taking over the plains in whatever state they're in, and that's a real thing. We actually have had to kill- It's like Arizona or New Mexico, something like that. We have had to kill many rabbits- over the centuries because they just they breed too quickly and they do they ruin all your crops so they're taking over the plains and so they're trying to come up with a way of getting rid of them without resorting to poison because if you resort to poison then you can also kill the the crops right 
and you can also kill the bugs, and it just it throws Any off the attempt, whole ecosystem. Exactly, right. So they're trying to find a way to do it, and they decide to try and change their hormones so that they don't breed as much. But that causes them to become giants. Yes, and there's a reason why that experiment leads to wild giant rabbits that take over this small southwest town. But we'll get to that in the plot. Should people actually watch this movie, Kelsey? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I think you can pass. Yeah. It's incredibly boring. It's pretty boring. Despite the fact that it's about giant fluffy bunnies. (laughs) It's also like, for such a crazy plot, it's also, (laughs) I'll probably say this twice, but this movie is just, it's played very po-faced, like, serious it's not acknowledging at all how silly it is it's just straight down the middle portrayal of the events and it it's just shy of an hour and a half and it feels longer it feels way longer because the last third is just like the same thing over and over again Uh, yeah yeah i can't (laughs) so it's called night of the lepus or lepus that's going to bother me so much. Pick one. I mean, I always thought it was Lepus. Okay, we'll say Lepus. Okay. The movie is called Night of the Lepus, and when they first try to get rid of them, it's daytime, and I wrote that down. I was like, excuse me, this is not Night of the Lepus. And then it kept going all night long and then went into the next day. All night long. All night. All night long. yeah it goes on for quite a while it does and there and when you really break down what the actual plot events are like the big plot events that drive the story forward and not just and then this happened and then this happened like the actual plot events practically nothing happens in this entire movie so we think you can pass on it especially for people who may be particularly affected by portrayals of animal abuse. Yeah, they don't treat the the rabbits in this movie very well. No. And, and I'm talking about live rabbits. Like that on they the had production. On the set. Yeah, uh-huh. They're not handling them well. <laughs> and you could say, ah, you know what, they're rabbits. It's like grabbing a cat by the scruff of its neck. But they fucking manhandle these rabbits. Yeah. And it's a little distressing sometimes. Yeah, the first, like... Quarter. Yeah. It's just a lot of manhandling. And then the climax, I don't think a lot is happening to the rabbits in the production, but it's also very distressing. Although I do think they are tossing rabbits around to get the shots they want. Possible. But I don't think they're like, you know, harming the rabbits. Yeah, like this isn't Cannibal Holocaust where they're just killing animals for the screen, but still, they don't give a shit about these rabbits. It's a little distressing, yeah. uh So you can take our advice or leave it, but when we get back, we will talk about 1972's Night of the Lepus. What happened that night science made its greatest mistake? What unknown terror was born that night? What is the terrifying mutant 
that strikes from behind the shroud of night. That night. That night of the Lepus. A night of total terror. More shattering than your strangest nightmare. What caused the unnatural death, destruction, and panic? That night of the Lepus. Janet Lee, Stuart Whitman, Rory Calhoun, and Paul Fix. Night of the Lepus. Kill one, and thousands take their place. What devil creatures growing weight and size every day are hidden behind the eyes of horror? What can stop them? Night of the Lepus from MGM. Now, Kelsey, they called it Night of the Lepus instead of the Year of the Angry Rabbit. Why do you think that is? Because that sounds like a ridiculous movie. Yeah. Also, (laughs) it went from a year to just a night. But yeah, they they were worried that people wouldn't come to the movie if they knew it was about giant killer rabbits. They also didn't put it in any of their marketing materials or anything like that. So they called it Night of the Lepus instead. And it feels like a throwback to 50s horror. You know, where they just bit. have, like, a green screen giant not, monster. But it's not campy enough. It re- There is no camp to it whatsoever. No camp. It's just a bunch of old people. They're kids. There's one kid. Oh, two kids. There's two. There's two kids. Just not giving a rat's ass about the production. Janet Lee is in this from Psycho, mother shame. of Scream Queen... Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just too much of a shame. And she's, you know, she's not like ancient or anything like that, but she's getting up there and she obviously doesn't care about it, but it's a paycheck and it was a way for her to stay close to her kids, but she did not like the movie. <laughs> she thought it was ridiculous. Well, then why, then you should have done it. Like, I, maybe she thought it would look different <laughs> than maybe, it did. I don't know. What happens in Night of the Lepus? Can you get us started on the plot? We start, I mean, there's this whole beginning where they talk about times where we've had to kill rabbits. Whatever. We're in Arizona. There's a guy riding along on his horse and then his horse. So we just watched some footage of people killing rabbits. And then we see this guy on a horse and his horse gets his foot stuck in one of the rabbit holes. And so... He has to kill his horse. <laughs> like, it's just, okay, that's a lot of animal death in the first five minutes of your film. Yeah. And then... I don't know which one is which, to be honest with you. What? If it's Cole Hillman, played by Rory Calhoun, or Roy Bennett, played by Stuart Whitman. I think it's Cole Hillman, because Janet Lee's character's name is Jerry Bennett. So, it's not her husband, the scientist dude. It's the, the rancher... Rory Calhoun is the actor played him. He's the one whose horse breaks its leg. Meanwhile, the the doctor from Star Trek. DeForest Kelly. (laughs) This is in between the cancellation of Star Trek, the original series, and the original series movies, which started in like 78 or 79. So this is in between those two things. As Red Letter Media put it, uh, the dark times. Yes. Uh-huh. 
So Red Letter Media did a video about this movie. They have a series called The Best of the Worst where they watch just really bad movies. And a lot of the time they're horror movies. And just recently they did Night of the Lepus. Yeah. Where they described all the actors as old and tired. (laughs) And it's so accurate. It's very accurate. But so he is recording sounds of bats so, yes, they go in and they capture bats, and then they put them in a box, and then they rattle the box around to get yeah. them to screech. Well, he's not. Roy Bennett, played by Stuart Whitman, is. Oh. He's the scientist doctor dude who works at the college. <laughs> I know. God. Rory Calhoun's character calls up DeForest Kelly's character, who's the president of the college. It's like an agricultural college or something like that. And... He says, I know just the man who can take care of that. He's really eco-conscious. Is he, though? For the time, yes. For the time. No, absolutely. They the This movie does have an undercurrent of... Not believing that animals have rights? <laughs> of environmentalism. You know, where it's like, hey, don't poison the animals... It's not their fault that they're overbreeding or anything like that. Like, they they don't know that they're destroying the ecosystem. But anything you do will also have an impact on that ecosystem. So you need to be careful. Are there, you know, are there ways that we can get rid of bugs from destroying the crops, for instance, without poison? Now, it might be selfish because really he's concerned about the poison because, you know, it hurts the crops, (laughs) you know. And the people that consume them. So his theory is, okay, if we can get a screeching bat, then that will scare the bugs away, for instance. And so he's trying to do stuff like that to solve these crises without actually hurting too many. You know, can we naturally, that's why his theory is, can we naturally decrease their breeding rate? I say naturally, but like without harming them, without killing them, can we slow down their breeding? But the reason I bring this up is really because there's this tiny, tiny line in here that I really liked. And it was interesting because it's the 70s. And so this is the kind of the time of, you know, women's rights and everything really taking a stand. And the wife and the daughter are standing there while he's trying to record the sounds of the bats. Yeah. And the daughter says, you know, what are you doing, daddy? And he's like, I'm trying to record them now. Shush. And I loved it. Janet Lee's response was, your six-year-old daughter shows an interest in zoology, and what do you tell her to do? Shush. Uh-huh. I really liked yeah, that. Yeah, that was kind of cool. But it's only the only thing in there, but it just, it felt, I don't know, made me smile. <laughs> this is when I wrote, damn it, Jim. <laughs> this is when he Of course, because it was DeForest Kelly. Yeah. So they're talking about how they're going to kill or get rid of these rabbits. And the little girl's like, I like rabbits, mommy. This little girl is the cause of all the problems. Yep. Many, many deaths. All her fault. Because she's a deceptive little girl. (laughs) Who loves rabbits. Yes. Well, also, technically, it's the brother's fault. Not brother. Is he not her brother? No, she's the daughter of the doctor and, and so he's Janet just like Lee. a friend or a no? Neighbor? He's the son of Rory Calhoun's character, the rancher. He lives on the ranch. Mm. Well, he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> he does suck. So 
Okay, so here's the deal. Here's how we get here. Let's burn through this because it's really, really boring. So we're not going to spend too much time on it. They try to find out a way that they can decrease the population of rabbits. And the doctor thinks he can mess with their hormones. As Janet Lee puts it, we're going to make the boys more like the girls and the girls more like the boys. Just reduce the testosterone in men and the estrogen in women. And it'll maybe even out their breeding rates. Well, we were trying to make... Jack a little more like Jill and Jill a little more like Jack so they wouldn't keep having such large families. And so he has he has a test group, he has a control group, and after he injects one, she deceptively, the little girl, moves that one that she likes the most. It was her favorite. Not that one, Mommy, it's my favorite. And it is her favorite into the control group and moves one from the control group into the test group. And then she asks if she can keep one. And they're like, can she? Just one from the control group. Oh, yeah, sure, fine. And so she takes the one who's been injected with these hormones. They all take this trip out to the farm again to take a look at collecting more rabbits for the test. And she's just carrying it around. And this fucking boy (sighs) says he won't be the girl's friend if she doesn't get the rabbit out of there. He proceeds to grab the rabbit from her hands and apparently just let it go. And when she tries to capture it, he holds her back and it runs into a burrow nearby. Now, if he wanted it gone, shouldn't she have kept it with her so she can take it with her out of there versus letting it just go free and into a burrow on your property? Like, so it's totally counterintuitive and it doesn't make any sense exactly what he was trying to do. And he gives her an ultimatum of, I won't be your friend if you don't get rid of this fucking rabbit. And he's upset because rabbits killed his chickens. Do they do that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Why would they? Aren't rabbits, and this was another thing that bothered me, aren't rabbits vegetarians? Yeah, but the hormones are causing them to be more violent. Um, And so he apologizes to her because she's obviously upset. Like immediately, it's just yank, let go, hold back, apologize. Yeah, it's really really not a well shot. And then she (laughs) says, don't tell my mom the rabbit ran away. And he says, we can just tell her I'm keeping it for you. Oh, yeah, the rabbit hating rancher's son is just keeping the rabbit for it. Like, it's just this weird Really weird exchange. Yeah, they could have just had it be like that the rabbit jumped out of her arms. But instead of doing that, they had this weird scene. Yeah, like what the fuck is this? And this is how the rabbit gets out. It continues to breed and they have all these hormones in them and they get larger and larger and larger. This is how the problem starts. When we first see them, like we get to see the big giant footprints of the rabbits, which I liked. uh But, and then when they first showed them, I laughed and I thought it was adorable. They were literally just doing close-up shots of rabbits. Yes, out of context. So you couldn't see them next to anything. Exactly. And at first it was charming. It lost its charm real quick because here's the thing, movie. I know you're trying to emulate what the 50s movies did. Yeah. But they did them with giant tarantulas, giant ants. Giant lizards. Things that are creepy if they were big. Yeah. If you saw a giant rabbit. You'd be like, oh. Because that's exactly, exactly. Because they don't don't do anything to change their appearance. They smear some ketchup on their faces, but it just looks like they have ketchup or red paint (laughs) on their faces. In no way do you ever look at these rabbits and be like, that's scary. Not once. And I kept thinking they're going to change it 
They're going to bring in some ridiculous, gigantic puppet, and it's going to be amazing. But no, you never get a giant puppet of a rabbit, and they never look scary. You do get a dude in an Easter bunny oh, outfit. No. Oh, it's so bad. It's really bad. Like, it's, it's so obviously a human. Yeah. <laughs> when they need to film a rabbit on top of a human being, that's how they do it. It's just a dude. And, like, it's not even proportioned like a rabbit. It's exactly. just a dude in an Easter bunny suit. And it's not even a big person. So, like, <laughs> they keep showing how big these rabbits are supposed to be. Yeah. And then when they finally show you a rabbit with a person, it's the same size as a normal person. Yeah. So this, these two kids at some point, for some reason, are going to find some character called Captain Billy, and they don't explain why he's a captain, or really, I don't even think why they're looking for him, but he's at this mine, this old abandoned mine or whatever, and he's like, I don't know where Captain Billy is. Can you go look for him in this dark, dangerous mine shaft on your own? And so she does, and he <laughs> looks in his cabin, Captain Billy's cabin, and then... He sees, like, stuff knocked down and there's blood or whatever, and he calls out for her, and she's screaming her head off because she sees this giant bunny, the first one we see, and she sees apparently Captain Billy, I guess. The old prospector. Yes. And then you just see his body get dragged into the shadows, yes. which is kind of cool, <laughs> I guess. I, I wrote down... If Peter Jackson had made this, it would have been great. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, because like we say, there is no camp. It's just completely straight-faced. I actually wrote down, up until the action starts, I was beginning to wonder what was so bad about the movie. It was slow, but it was competently acted. I was curious about where it was going. Nothing was just, like, offensively bad or even campy. And then the action happens... And that is offensively bad and not campy at all. And that's like the big, big problem. It's a silly premise with, in some cases, some of the acting's kind of bad. But it's a long way from schlock. And then the action scene started and you're just like, oh my god. They had mine shafts that were obviously miniatures. They had town sets that were obviously miniatures. Those were great. But they were fantastic. Mm. They were really, really great. And every time they shot these rabbits, these giant masses of rabbits, it's not just one rabbit. It's tons and tons of rabbits. Must have been fun to shoot. With yeah, they bunnies. just have these bunnies. Oh, but there's probably poop everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how big their pellets are. <laughs> <laughs> Running through these like diorama sets and it is, like, the sets are surprisingly good, but they're still obviously miniatures. Yeah, you can tell they're miniatures, but they're really good. They're yeah. pretty detailed. But fully 75, maybe, percent of this movie is just slow motion shots of rabbits running through miniatures. <laughs> Not really 75%, but, like, a lot. But just imagine, if you've ever seen Meet the Feebles, Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles! If you've ever seen that, imagine Peter Jackson doing this yes. movie. Like, it could have been creepy. It could have been funny. It could have been funny. Yeah. It could have been gross. Like, it could have been a lot of things. Instead, it's none of those things. 
<laughs> none of them. But I got to say, my big takeaway is I just, I love those rabbits. Bunny. They're just so cute. And this is the problem. <laughs> it doesn't look like giant scary rabbits. No. It's just regular old rabbits shot in close up in miniature sets. Except for one part where they're in front of a green screen of giant bunny rabbits. Yeah. And it's it's so ridiculous. Like it, <laughs> they didn't even try to make it actually look like they're yeah. standing in front of these rabbits. So, so people are dying. <laughs> they need to find some way to stop these rabbits, and it's a very very simple plan. But you see. Every last little step in the execution of this plan. Their plan is they can turn a line of railroad tracks into what effectively amounts to an electric fence by hooking up the electrical wires nearby to the railroad tracks and getting all the cars that are at the drive-in to line up and shine their lights and kind of force the rabbits to head in a direction. And they're going to shoot machine guns at them and everything. Because the National Guard is involved at this point. And you literally see every step of this process. Every last little detail. And there are no complications. What I just said is their plan. And it's what happens. And it takes up at least 30 minutes of this movie. And this is how the movie ends. I mean, we can get to the end... They run the rabbits over, and it's a lot of popping, a lot of tossing rabbits across the screen to give the effect that they're being shocked, but they're not... I, as far as I know, they didn't actually hurt, like, with electrocution, at least, any oh, rabbits Jesus. in the filming. As I far as I know. Not. It's all effects. They superimposed firecrackers going off over the top of it. That's how you get these popping sounds. But it lasts for minutes on end where you're just watching these rabbits effectively get electrocuted with all these pops and all these screams. And it's horrific. Yeah. It's the only scary part of the movie, but it's not It's not so scary. It's not scary. It's not. But it's like, I feel really uncomfortable right now watching, it feels like a snuff film, but with animals. Yeah. It's not even well executed. It's competently executed, but it's it's not well executed. Yeah. The only real hiccup in all of this is that Janet Lee is supposed to take her daughter and meet them later, right? Get out of the town or whatever and meet them later. And they have a camper on the back of a truck and they get caught in this dirt ditch or whatever in, I guess, one of these burrows and they get attacked by all these rabbits and she has to light a road flare to scare off the rabbits. And then when you see it in miniature, it's just this, it's just this <laughs> miniature camper set with a red light and all these bunnies running around it. <laughs> and the helicopter shows up and they kind of scare, I guess they scare the rabbits off. The rabbits just leave. And then they rescue Janet Lee's character. There's also this subplot where they try to blow up the burrows and the mine to have them collapse in and trap the rabbits, but that doesn't work. And yeah, they don't really I wrote talk down, about it. Why isn't it over? We had the explosion. Yes. That should have been the end. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. I actually wrote down, okay, we get it. Jesus with the electrocution just yeah. does not stop. And that's that's the plot of Night of the Lepus. They stop the rabbits that way. And yeah. then it's over. Kelsey, do you have anything for lightning round on this one? Couple of things. Okay. 
At one point, they see a bunch of dead bodies, and they describe Y'all want to see a dead body? <laughs> Y'all want to see a dead body? And they describe it as horribly mutilated bodies. <laughs> and when they pan over them, it's just people sitting there with red paint on them. Yeah. There's no gore. There's no <laughs> dismemberment. And they say it's like the grossest and scariest thing they've ever seen. And it's just like people They got some with torn clothes. Paint. You got some red on you. Yeah. And that's it. You got red on you. Yeah. You got red on you. <laughs> There's a doctor that they talk to in this movie, like a medical doctor or something, that has an incredible comb over. He's balding and he has one little patch, like a circle of hair right here. Uh -huh. And then he's balding with this comb over that's like perfect rays across the top of his head. And I may share it on Twitter because it's a perfect comb over and I love it. So when they're trying to get all those cars... The way that they do it is they go to the drive-in. Yeah. And people are there watching a Tom and Jerry movie? They're watching a Tom and Jerry bit, but they're actually going to see Every Little Crook and Nanny, which is a 1972 movie starring Lynn Redgrave. It's a comedy about a mafia Don that's trying to evict a school, an etiquette school, so he can run an, an illicit business out of it. And yeah, that... I guess, but all we see is Tom and Jerry on there. Yeah. I also love that when they do that, the, the sheriff or cop or whoever it is, is like, we need you to come and help us get rid of some giant bunny rabbits. And everybody's just like, cool. Nobody asks any questions. Yeah, they just turn on their car and go, let's go. <laughs> you need us. We're there. Also, there are a ton of people at this uh, drive-in. Yes. Okay. the entire town? Okay. This is a small town. So... All these cars are lined up with their headlights on, showing the train tracks. For minutes on end, these rabbits are just getting electrocuted. And there are, like, families in these cars just yeah. staring at these rabbits getting electrocuted. And little kids that must be traumatized for life. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's a part where they also have to scare the horses because they're making it look like the rabbits are coming after them. Yeah. So they just have to scare horses. Uh -huh. Just like they have to scare fucking bats. Like, yeah, they just don't care about animal mm -hmm. rights. Did you hear there was a guy recently who was arrested for animal cruelty? Okay. Because he was evicted from his home and he didn't take his goldfish with him. I don't know if it was a goldfish. It was a fish. And so he left the fish behind and the tank got dirty and it was starving and he ended up getting arrested for animal cruelty. And the fish survived, apparently. I had a friend who raised, who raised goldfish in a tank that they never cleaned and these fish lived for fucking ever. It was insane. But anyway, besides the point, he ended up getting off because technically under animal abuse statutes, fish don't count as animals. Birds do. Mammals that aren't humans do. But fish don't. And like ants don't. If you squash an ant, nobody's going to arrest you for animal cruelty. But I guess fish fall in that same category. You can just, I mean, I guess that's why without a permit in, in a lot of places, you can just catch a fish and chop its head off, you know, and it's not animal cruelty. Well, yeah, because I was going to say, like, then you'd have to arrest a lot of children who forget to feed their fucking goldfish. Yeah, no, like, totally. <laughs> it's, it's just Not really... that I should be laughing about right. it, no, but no, like, it's terrible. come on. <laughs> but it's interesting to know that that's like a part of our legal system is that fish don't count as animals. I wrote this. 
as I was watching it because I just I was so bored. What could have been a fun romp with camp and silliness, possible thrills if someone like Peter Jackson were handling it. Yeah. Became a disappointing B-movie filled with animal abuse, piled on top with the fact that Janet Lee is in this, and that's just a big bummer. And she is not trying. No. This is just a gigantic mess. Yeah. This is one mess, one disappointment, one piece of trash, yeah. unfortunately. Even though she made the movie so she can work and still be close to her family... Uh, she didn't let her daughters, who were teenagers at the time, come visit her because she didn't want them to see, like, a horror movie set. And, of course, that's ironic because, like I said before, she's the mom of Jamie Lee Curtis, who is, you know, famous for being a scream queen. Also, I wanted to say one other reference. This movie is in The Matrix. What? Yes. When? When, when they go to visit the Oracle... And they're waiting in her waiting room, as they call it. Yeah. It's what's playing on the TV in the Oracle's living room. Why? <laughs> do not know. I would love to know I why. I do not know. Maybe the Wachowskis could tell us. <laughs> All right, Kels, do you have anything else? Oh, that's it. What do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Does it have one? It does. There were 12 reviews. 26. That is the audience score, actually. Holy shit. The actual critical rating is 8%, <laughs> which means one out of these 12 reviewers liked the movie, or at least came away with a positive outcome, which makes sense. There is no Metacritic. There is no cinema score. Overrated or underrated? If we were to call 8% the rating on this movie. I guess under. Yeah, because 8% is super low, but it's only 12 reviewers. Although you and I both would come away with a negative review if we were to write our own. It's true. I'm going to give it 10. Really? Mostly because of how cute the bunnies are. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll give it a... F Ugh. It's just so boring. It is super boring. But the bunnies are really cute. They are. <laughs> but they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be horrible. Yep. So really that should be a mark down. But I don't like it as little as 10%. I'll give it a 15. Okay. Would you ever watch this again? No. No. I don't think I would. No. You know what I would watch again, though? Don't. Don't say Beast Your Day. <laughs> Because I'm never watching that again. <laughs> oh, okay. That is 1972's Night of the Lepus. Before we get to our next film, Kelsey, Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition. In 2002's 28 Days Later, to whom does the taxi the protagonist use belong? Jim, Selena, Frank, or Major Henry West? Okay, it's not Major Henry West. It's not Jim. So it's Frank or Selena. I'm going to say Frank, because doesn't he take his daughter around in it? Yes, it's Frank. Okay, all right, cool. Yes. All right, Kelsey, here's the easy one for you. And I know how sometimes when you preface it by saying it's easy, there's a lot of pressure on you. This, there is no pressure here. Okay. In Carrie, 1976, the blood of what animal... 
is poured on the titular character on prom night? That would be a pig. That is correct. See what I mean? <laughs> now, did you know I'd get that just because of how much I love Carrie or just because it was such an easy question? It's an easy question. Even if you didn't love Carrie, you would have gotten it. But you love Carrie, so <laughs> there you go. All right, moving on to our next film, 2014's Beaster Day. Here comes Peter Cotton. Hell? Written and directed by the Snig Brothers, which we'll talk about. Starring John Arthur, Christina Bodwin, and Valerie Bittner. What is Beaster Day about? Not much. <laughs> so, I mean, effectively, it's one single giant rabbit terrorizes a town and kills a bunch of people. For seemingly no reason. Yes, I we don't. We don't know who this rabbit is, where it came from. None of that. It's just a giant rabbit terrorizing a like town. A it's a bad also, rot rabbit puppet. Who also has a giant Easter egg for some reason. Yeah, which they never do Explain. anything with, I don't think. No. Yeah. Now, when Chris says it is a giant bad-looking puppet, you might be thinking, oh, that's what Kelsey wanted in Night of the Lepus. For a moment, it was what I wanted. For a moment. And then I realized it's not going to get better. That's the way it's going to move throughout the entire film. Mm -hmm. It has, like, no articulating joints that can move on camera. They and move like, it between shots. That and they just kind of jostle funny. it around to move. It's funny. It's funny for about a second, and just like in Night of the Lepus, it loses its charm real fast. Yes, I will give you that. It is also just shy, I think, of an hour and a half. Uh, it's free on YouTube, by the way. At first, I thought this was going to be another really funny on purpose movie. It's not. It is. It is not. It is. It uses its cheapness as a crutch. Okay, but it's not like... You know, those movies that, again, and this is where I said I was going to bring up Po-Faced again. It is not Po-Faced at all. It knows what it is. And it knows it's bad. And it is intentionally bad. And where it gets it right is it is silly. And it makes fun of itself. Yes. And it's not like April Fool's Day where it's just bad cinema trying to be legitimate. It is not in any way, shape, or form trying to be legitimate. Not even once. Everyone knows it's a joke. Every actor knows it's a joke. Nobody is confused about what this is. But it's not very funny. Yes, there's a lot of this movie. I'm not saying it's a great movie at all. A lot of this movie is just bad. Yeah. Whether on purpose or not. But there are just a few shining moments that I think partially saved this movie in my mind from, you know, film purgatory. Should people watch it? No. It's free on YouTube. <laughs> if you're home and high, watch it. This isn't, it just isn't my, it made me like guffaw. A couple of times. Yeah. And even guffaw sounds too big of a thing than it was. More of a... No, like, no, no, no. You laughed out loud several times loudly. 
do not try to play this off as less than it was. There is a term that I use, and it's my own personal term, and nobody's going to get it, except for <laughs> except for this one guy who, who actually listens to the show. A friend of mine who lives in Washington. His name is Lou. Hello, Lou. There's a term that I use from when we were teenagers. When I tell people, don't Lou the movie. <laughs> it's a thing that happens where... He'll come out of a movie going, that was awesome. And then the next day, if somebody asks him how the movie was, sometimes he'll go, eh. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You loved that movie when you came out of it. (laughs) So don't lose the movie, Kelsey. In the moment, you laughed out loud several times. But every moment between those laughs is almost excruciating. (laughs) Which is why I'm saying, what if you're gonna watch it, watch it as a joke. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. not watch this seriously. <laughs> so you can take our advice or leave it. But when we get back, we will talk about Beast of Day. Here comes Peter Cottonhell. Mr. Mayor, what are you going to do about all the wild animal attacks that have been going on? Wild animal attacks? More like wild rumors, man. It's just a few farm tool accidents, that's all. <laughs> Oh, darling, darling, what's wrong? Did you see a spider? I saw a severed foot. Well, maybe someone just lost it. Listen to me, everybody. This is the last time I'm warning you. The bunny blitzkrieg is upon us. The end of days are coming soon, my friends. Once men started marrying men, that was it. It wasn't meteors that killed the dinosaur. They all turned gay. The second biggest rabbit I've ever seen. Before we get into the movie, I want to talk about the writer-director duo, the Snig Brothers. They don't exist. They're not real. It's one dude. His name is John Bacchus. Okay. John Bacchus. Famous for such masterpieces as... The bloody video horror that made me puke on my Aunt Gertrude. Girl Explores Girl. The Alien Encounter. The... Erotic Witch Project, The Erotic Witch Project 2, Book of Seduction. So, he is a porn? He's a softcore filmmaker, which is why there are a lot of obvious softcore porn actors and actresses in it. That's what I was wondering. The Erotic Ghost, The Erotic Survivor, Who Wants to Be an Erotic Millionaire? The Erotic Time Machine, Lust in Space, The Erotic Witch Project 4. I don't think there was an Erotic Witch Project 3, if you're wondering where 3 went. The Insatiable Iron Babe, Bat Babe, The Dark Nighty, and The Bravengers, The Age of Bulgetron, which they spelled with a D, Bulge. Just word to the wise for all you erotic perverts out there. Bulge is spelled B-U-L-G-E. There is no D, but it's in the title of this movie. They just didn't give a fuck. That's the filmmaker that we're dealing with here. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of naked girls running around in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of nudity just straight up on YouTube. And I do mean YouTube. literally running. Yeah, like seriously so much, so much. Okay. We can talk about the plot and what happens. There is a little bit of a plot, but for the most there part... There really isn't. For the most part, 
it's about this giant monster bunny who has like a skull bunny face. Yeah. Stomping around and killing randos. And that's like half of this movie. Just you see a random person. They're walking through a wooded area. It's probably the same wooded area filmed from multiple angles. <laughs> they see the rabbit. They go, ah, and then they die in a silly way. Yes. But this movie is full of camp. Yes. Whereas the other one was completely straight laced, no camp whatsoever. And it suffered for it. This movie gets a little bit of credit for being completely self-aware. Absolutely. But it's so weird because I feel like I love camp. Well, do you not like intentional camp? There's unintentional camp. Maybe it's unintentional camp because like. But then John Waters is camp. I fucking hated Santa's sleigh and like this felt like Santa's sleigh. Only even worse. Yeah, I mean, it really is just some people getting together. Hey, I have a I have a camera that can film video footage. Let's not get any audio equipment. Let's not get any lighting equipment. And let's just film some shit. Yeah. And we can just do some fun stuff in After Effects with blood and stuff. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's a low effort, low cost, just a bunch of people dicking around movie. Basically. The plot here is... Is that there is a dog catcher that works for a company called Dog Catchers in the Rye, which was a little bit clever. <laughs> and he is obsessed with being the world's best dog catcher, and he's totally out of his mind and silly. And sometimes he makes you laugh. Yes. Would would you be surprised to know that this is his only film credit ever? Nope. It is. Uh, and he falls in love with the new girl. And together they need to take down this giant bunny rabbit. That's the plot. And eventually they do. Spoiler alert. Do they end up together? No. 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 She hates him. Yeah. And for good reason. She ends up taking him down. And he's gone insane by this point. Mm-hmm. And so she dresses him up like a giant carrot and gets the bunny to chase him. Mm-hmm. So then she can catch the bunny and fill it full of shotgun pellets. <laughs> and it dies. And then the end of the movie is just the two of them looking at it. And he's like, hey, we I took down this rabbit. Aren't I awesome? And it's like, you were insane and totally drugged up. Uh, you had nothing to do with this. But then she's like, ah, fucking whatever. I like that she asks him at the end, how do you think it got so yes, big? And then they just stare off into space, it like ends wondering. With, how do you think the rabbit got so big? And then we just cut back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to For shots the of them credits. thinking intently about this question while the credits play over the top of them and then just movie over. And I thought that was fucking genius. I liked it. It was great. It was a great ending to this movie. There's a mayor who's trying to be incompetent and continue being incompetent. He's, uh, you know how they, they make him like nondescript. Is he a Democrat? Is he a Republican? He doesn't even know. He doesn't know if he should be upset and, yeah, he and villainize leftists sides. or yeah, uh, conservatives. It's, he's ridiculous. And he comes up with a story so as to not scare the individuals that it's not a giant monster running around killing people or a pack of wolves. It's um, electric tools run rampant. It's all electric tool accidents. And it's caused by the Amish who 
hate our electrical society and so they turn our tools against us no explanation how or why or really a better explanation as to why that's just his story and he sticks to it he is committed to this story throughout the entire movie Mm. and i kind of love him and i love the sheriff dude or the head of his security who just follows him around everywhere (laughs) and so when he creates these fake like safety tools he uses it as a as a marketing opportunity to market yes, new safety and they tools don't work. and and so when everyone's asking him obvious questions about what the fuck is this how are these supposed to work or whatever he leans over and he's like where can we get these wonderful tools <laughs> <laughs> and where do we find these wonderful tools thanks for asking man <laughs> it's just so, see there are moments like that that are just awesome only because it is self-aware but a lot of its jokes just ring hollow mm-hmm. and there's not a lot going on Mm-mm. and they just burn through softcore actress after softcore actress. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say that it reminded me of Santa Slay a lot because it's just an excuse to just show a bunch of people dying. Yeah. Only this isn't even in funny ways. It's just like they show the person looking at the screen and, and screaming and then the next shot half of their body is missing like you don't even get to see the rabbit like attack them yeah and i think there's like two people that get their arms cut off yeah and and they're they're flipping the bird yeah. like multiple people do that it's just a lot of people dying by yeah cut away cut back and they're already cut in half or whatever the movie starts out with this drunk young yes, man it starts great and Fantastic. you're you're gonna think that it's so good but it's not so <laughs> in the beginning every shot is filmed at a different time in a different place with different actors on set and it was and fun so and it was funny yeah and this guy gives this speech because his dad's getting married to some young woman and he's bitter about it about how his mom's probably starving or whatever no she's turning tricks now yeah he doesn't She's not giving any money. And I wrote, I sort of love this speech. Yeah. And then he just flips everyone off and walks away. Yes. And he's awesome. But then they set him up to be the first one to die, very obviously. And you're kind of bummed about it. Yes. And then, like, his hand gets cut off and he just kind of looks at it. And it's this really funny shot of him just looking at his hand cut off. Yes. And I don't understand how he didn't get a bigger part. (laughs) Yeah. And nothing, all these people that die are just... Random people that have nothing to do with the story. Mm-hmm. Well, they're in the town, but yeah. They're just, yeah, town folk. Um, and he has a great line. It's uh, it's like, love is the mirage that will kill you in the desert of hope or something. It's yes. so good. Before I leave, I have a quote from something from someone that I looked up on the internet. I just want to say that uh, love is a mirage. To happiness and everyone here will die of thirst in the desert of hope it's very good i sometimes the movie is really funny there is a part that reminded me of evil dead 2 with the eye yes flying through the air eye pops out of somebody's head and it lands like she's outside and it flies inside yeah it does this whole like it keeps hitting things uh-huh. and it gets back into the Into this house. lemonade that, that she was originally making. And then her husband comes down and he just drinks the lemonade and, and swallows the eyeball. And then cut away because it's a silly shot. And then they cut away and that's it. We never hear from this man again. I do. I, and I did love that, that girl's death. 
because the angle of the shot is like a fish fish lens fish eye lens yeah fish eye lens and she just goes what the fuck when she looks at the <laughs> rabbit and it's so good because like that's probably what my response would be i would just be like what the fuck <laughs> when he roars i couldn't pin it down i didn't want to look it up because there are so many different roar sounds from these movies it's like a godzilla roar i think or there's a chance it could be a roar from jurassic park <laughs> I think it's one of the Godzilla roars that he makes repeatedly over and over again. And they just rip that off. Chris asked me, like, is that the Godzilla roar? I was like, how the fuck would I know? Kelsey hasn't watched a lot of Godzilla movies. No. <laughs> There's another funny line where when the daughter or the, the main girl who the dude falls in love with. And she's like her character super annoying. But <laughs> she has a funny line. She, I thought she, she was fine. She's she's. You know, living off of her dad. She's a failed actress and a failed artist and whatever. And she's just like, I'm an artist. I'm a flower. I need to be watered by your wallet. Yes. <laughs> I'm an artist. I'm a flower. And I need you to water me with your wallet. <laughs> There's just these moments that are like, yep, I'm going to write that down because that was kind of funny. And the slow pace really hurt the movie. Yeah. You didn't know. Is it the same day? Is it the next day? They repeat jokes over and over and over again. He keeps stealing dog catching nets. Yes. Every time he goes out and this happens like four times in the movie. Yes. And it's and like a running joke, I think, but they play it exactly the same way every time. Exactly. It's up to me to save the town. Hey, those nets aren't free. You loony. I'm taking that out of your salary, you loony. But it, it that's kind of funny as a result. I think it's a funny idea. It's like meta They don't know how to execute it well. Yeah. And... When I say the the pacing is slow, like these scenes are just really drawn out and things happen slowly. There are these scenes where the girls are running and I get it. You're supposed to be looking at their boobs and it's funny and it's whatever. But like nothing else is happening. Yeah. They're just running and we're just watching them run. And it's just like. Like there's that girl on the horse who she's just riding. Yes. A horse, cut to rabbit. Riding a horse. Cut to rabbit. Riding a horse. Cut to rabbit. Cut to shot of her sitting on the horse, standing there, and everything from the waist up is gone. Yeah. And that's it. That's the shot. That's the scene. She doesn't appear to notice the rabbit at all. Until the <laughs> end, and then, like, she doesn't run away on her yeah. horse. She just kind of turns, and it's it's really weird. And, like, I think weird we're supposed to- Weird is key, I think. I think we're supposed to be laughing. Because it's so bad. But- yeah. It's just not funny, and it's just like, come on, like, you have yeah, to- Yeah, nothing, nothing I going. laughed- Nothing I laughed at, I think, was because it was intentionally bad. Mm-hmm. I It carried me through because it was intentionally bad, and I didn't care- They could make all the stupid, silly jokes that made me giggle because it was intentionally bad and it didn't feel out of place, but it was just overall weird. That's what I- I wrote down, I like this movie so far- I think it's because unlike other bad movies like, say, Lifeblood, it's not just being cheap and lazy and hoping to skate by on, like, Oh, I thought it was. I actually wrote it down right here. I said, now it's using its cheapness as an excuse. No, 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 no. I guess maybe Lifeblood isn't isn't the right one to compare it to. I guess April Fool's Day is the right one to compare it to. A really cheap movie. And I had a couple laughs. But it it's completely straight. You said, I think it's a comedy. And I said, there's comedic moments, but it it's trying to be just a straight movie. 
this was never, not even once, trying to be straight movie. It wasn't trying to skate by on just the fact that it was cheap. It was cheap and weird. <laughs> That's what it had going. It was just genuinely weird. And it's a silly trash make... movie that you watch when you're drinking with your friends. That's what it is. But if you're going to make something of the absurd, you need to go all out. Don't have moments of weirdness. Make yeah. the entire thing just bizarre. Yeah, it's not. There was no skill here whatsoever. It took no skill to make this movie. It's a bunch of people trying to write a movie and they had a few lucky shots at certain lines or certain portrayals that just work. Kind of. And it, it seems like it's almost all luck, but it's still there. I'm not going to say this is a good movie. I'm not going to give it a great score. I think it's way, like, way better than April Fool's Day. Way better than Night of the Lepus. It's still a bad movie, and I'm going to give it a bad score. I was frustrated at the objectification of women when there was no objectification of men. That really bothered me. It was a different objectification. In what way? The dude and his obsession with making his penis bigger. And he kept on shoving sock after sock after sock. And then. So a why didn't we get to see his, his tiny penis? If we have to look at all these boobs and bush, I might add. Where was their bush? When the girl's getting going skinny dipping? There was a girl going skinny dipping? Yes. Oh, there. Yes. No, she's in the mayor's pool. I don't remember seeing her bush. You see her ass, definitely. No, not even the girl in the pool. No. Remember, there's a girl and a guy that are going to go skinny dipping, and she's getting unchanged. Oh, yeah, she's getting undressed. And he, and he's I don't like, know if they're going skinny dipping. They're just in the woods. No, she says that. There's a there's a river or a lake nearby. I don't we think never there see is, yeah. but she said they're going skinny dipping. Okay. And it's weird, because he's like, why can't I look at you? And she's just like, no peeking, but you're going to see her naked in a second. I don't fucking know. But yeah, no, she gets fully undressed. She's yeah. totally naked. And I just, I... Like, look, I don't care if you objectify people, but you gotta objectify both sexes. Don't make me stare at a bunch of boobs running around. If I don't get to see a penis flopping around, what the fuck? Uh, I don't think you can actually do that on YouTube. But boobs are fine? Yeah. That's so fucked up. There are cities where you can walk around with your top off if you're a woman. There's not a single city where you can just walk around with your dick out. Or your vag. Unless it's like, you know, uh, like the Pride Parade or whatever. But then why did I see a vagina on YouTube? When did you see a vagina on YouTube? I said I saw her bush. Her bush is her pubic hair. So that's a difference? Yeah. I would, I mean, I'm sure you can see male pubic hair on YouTube. I'm saying you're not going to see a fucking penis on YouTube. Okay, we're going to have to go back to that scene and see if we can see anything else because yeah. that is some bullshit. Also, the movie wasn't made for YouTube. I'm just saying we saw it on YouTube. Anyway. And it's made, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It is made for immature Young little boys of all ages. That's who this movie is made for. It is made for immature boys and men. That's what it's made for. These boys and men who watch the movies that this guy makes, which you heard me list them off, it's just all softcore erotica featuring women. Like, you think this guy is going to make a dick movie? He makes fun of men constantly. There is no man in this movie that's labeled as a hero. Not even close. They are humiliated and made fun of throughout. The hero of this movie is a woman. 
But yes, you are right. When it comes to nudity and objectification, it's the women. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's not like they're like, men are great, women are objects. That's not even close to what this movie is saying. There was a, another really funny part with the with a fat guy running away, and his scream is so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's screams a- are so bad in this movie in such a good way. There were a lot of people with their legs cut off because they knew they could just dig a hole in the ground and shove people's feet in it, and then put blood in later. <laughs> So there's this whole story in the movie about the girl being into this douchebag that the main character works with. He's not a douchebag. He's just an idiot who doesn't care about his job. He's just a normal kind of dude who's dumb. But he's not a douchebag. (laughs) I guess. It's this subplot where he wins Dog Catcher of the Year or whatever. (laughs) And our main character... It's always Dog Catcher of the Year, and this guy's brand new, and he no. gets Dog Catcher of the Year. No. Yes. He had never gotten it before. The dude? Yeah. Our guy? Yeah. No, he literally said, I get it every year, when the dude's like, oh, doesn't everybody get one of these? He's like, oh, I'm sure everyone gets it their first year, is what is what Hector says. And then our guy, Doug, or whatever his name is, says, no, not everyone gets it their first year. Before this, I got it every year. Hey, uh, Hector. Um, yeah? Congratulations. Uh, for what? Dog catcher of the year. (laughs) Doesn't everyone get it uh, their first year? No. No, this is the first year I never got it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. And so he's really upset that he didn't get it. There's a whole subplot about how pissed off he is about this. And there's just a little trophy with a hand with a thumb sticking up. And he doesn't care about it. He's like, oh, I was just going to give it out as like a bowling trophy for my bowling league or whatever. Well, you know, I, I, I was don't really care about the trophy anyway. You know, I was going to peel the label off and... Um, Give it up as a trophy for my bowling league that I referee in the evenings. Bowling league? Yeah, bowling league. You know, you have ball with the... Hey, watch it, pretty boy. That ain't no bowling trophy. He It ends up getting broken, and he tapes it back together, and he's just sitting down in the woods again, just looking at it, when he sees the rabbit for the first time, and he runs away, and he falls on it. And it lands... It, the thumb lands in his chest, this cheap little plastic trophy pierces through his breastplate and he it kills him and there's just blood squirting out the hollow base of the award <laughs> it's kind of funny and silly that's not what i was gonna talk okay about. <laughs> but you're gonna talk about hector and the yeah. girl and doug and so her name is like brenda or something <laughs> If you go to IMDb and you look up this cast list, it is in no discernible order. Yeah, I couldn't find, <laughs> I couldn't figure out who was who. Who's Lou? <laughs> Who's Lou? Anyway, so after the guy dies, um, she, he's he like wants to comfort her or whatever, and he's trying to talk to her, and he's like, you know, do you need a hug or whatever? She's like, no, shut the fuck up. Yes. No, shut the fuck up. Where are you going? <laughs> because she's scared because she sees a foot. And she sees a foot cut off because there's multiple feet that get cut off. Well, that's right next to this. So that must be what yeah. I'm talking she's, about. She's reading a book. She has her headphones in, which doesn't make any sense because it's lyrical music. I don't know how you do that. But Kids do. I guess. 
I understand listening. There's like reading music you can listen to. I have a playlist set up for that, but it's none of it is lyrical. But kids do. Because they're not actually reading. Yeah, I'm sorry to be the the crotchety old man here, but that's what I've always. They're thought. not a- actually absorbing any of it. So anyway, she's just sitting in the woods again, <laughs> reading a book and listening to her music, and the rabbit's just behind her. It's like ah, and she doesn't respond, and it just kind of looks at her and goes ah, and she doesn't respond. She doesn't even know it's there, and then it coughs and it coughs up. This foot yes. it lands next to her. And that made me laugh and she, a lot. Yeah, she doesn't see it at first. And it's still going, Rah! she still doesn't see it. And then she looks over and she sees it. She freaks out and she runs away. So she doesn't actually see the rabbit. First person to see the rabbit and live is Doug. And, th- and that's kind of why he goes insane. And no one believes yeah, him. Yeah, no one believes him. And that's why he gets arrested. He puts in, 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 the, in an insane asylum until they can put him on trial or whatever. And they pump him full of drugs. And that's why he's so out of it. And she can dress him up like a carrot at the end. Yes, that's the real plot. But she, yeah, she runs into him. And he's like, hey, what's up? You know, and then she's like, shut the fuck up. And she gets in her car and she drives away. And it's just fantastic delivery. Yes. These are these moments where it's just funny. Another guy dies, and he's like, I guess this is karma for all those chocolate rabbits I ate as a kid. (laughs) I guess this is karma for all those chocolate rabbits I ate as a kid. He was funny. They need to move. They they work for the mayor or whatever. They're construction guys, and they need to move (laughs) the giant egg for the the Easter celebration in this town. Easter Day celebration. Yes. They specifically call it that, Easter Day. And they find this giant egg that apparently this... This rabbit laid, and there's just this ring of blood around it, which is creepy to think about. And <laughs> and he says, oh, yeah, it's just a dec- – the mayor, it's just a decoration for the Easter Day parade. Uh, let's get the construction guys to move it. So they show up, and their conversation is actually kind of funny. Like it's, and that guy is really funny. And when, the, when his buddy gets snapped up from behind, because – this is a stealth giant monster rabbit, by the way. It constantly eats people behind people's backs and they don't notice that it's there. <laughs> he turns around and he sees this guy getting like tossed around by the rabbit. And he's like, oh, that's not how you fight a rabbit. Use your legs. <laughs> it's- what are you doing? It's just a bunny. Kick with your legs. Kick with your leg. Your leg. Yes. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. there's another part where the main guy is talking to people he works with or something and he's trying to convince them of the rabbit and somebody says something to him and he's like hey fuck you todd well actually technically timmy's pretty good well actually he's really the best hey fuck you john (laughs) (laughs) it was really good that was a really good there are these moments peppered throughout but in between, it's just bad movie. And but it's weird throughout. I will say that. When he's inside the insane asylum, he's screaming, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. And this little girl like says, we're all going to die. <laughs> You're all going to die. 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 We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, little girl. Man, we're all going to die. Die, die. Uh, Easter eggs. We're going to have fun and die. Die, die. Easter eggs. Mom, dad, go die. I die. Easter eggs. Have fun. Enjoy the day. It's a beautiful day. There is a bizarre scene where the father 
is dressed up as a pig. So they're playing up the fact that he had given up fatty foods and stuff like that. And his younger wife is making him bacon and sausage and stuff because he just wanted to smell it. He was so starving for those uh, fatty meats and stuff. Salty, fatty meats. And... And he keeps trying to eat it and she won't let him. It's like, no, I just made this just so you could smell it because you begged me to or whatever. And then the next scene where they see them, she's dressed up in this weird outfit and she has a piece of bacon or something on a fishing rod and holding it out in front of him. And he's dressed up in this pink one piece underwear thing, you know, with the butt flaps and all that. And he's like (laughs) sniffing the bacon for her or whatever. And it's like this sexual thing that they got going. So weird. Yeah. (laughs) And it's random and goes nowhere. Right. Sometimes sometimes random is funny. Sometimes it's just I I can't I have no response to this. Mm -hmm. There's nothing leading me to laugh here. Other than, hey, isn't it so random? Aren't I random? No, that's not where you're funny movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At one point, he, yeah, he's all excited because he's acting like, oh, I killed the the rabbit or whatever. And she's just like, what a tool. Yeah. <laughs> what a tool. Last thing. This is the one time the mayor made me laugh pretty hard. So the joke is that he's like a total druggie. Okay, that's throughout the entire movie. But there's this part at the end where he's walking through town. Oh, my God. Yes. And he he looks over at the rabbit. The rabbit is attacking the Easter Day festival thing that they have, but nobody has really noticed it yet. (laughs) Again, remember, stealth monster rabbit. Yes. And he looks at the rabbit. And he smiles and he looks away. And he just and keeps walking. He's walking. He stops. He looks at the rabbit. He turns back and he just keeps walking. You're like, I, we see people run away weird all the time throughout this movie. And we see people like on the horse. Yeah. She doesn't like, notice it forever. Did, so did she notice it or didn't she? So I had the same questions about him here. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I guess he didn't see it. That was weird. And then somebody screams and is saying like a giant rabbit or whatever. And he's like, wait. That's real? <laughs> rabbit! It's a giant rabbit! rabbit! Help! Everybody look! You mean that's real? He just figured he was having a hallucination. I love just walk the on by. <laughs> that he just sees hallucinations all the time. It's a stupid joke. But it's But it so gets good. you. It just gets you. <laughs> uh, what do you think... It got on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it have one? It has an audience score. Okay. 40. 8%. Yes, that's the same score that Night of the Lepus got for its critical rating. Yeah. No Metacritic, no cinema score, obviously. Overrated or underrated? I miss A under. Yeah. I would I said 40 because I would have expected the people to that would have seen something like this. Yeah. That would have been what they wanted to see. That's yeah. what I would have expected. No, totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm surprised at how low it is. I'm going to give it a 15. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it a 28. Wow. I'm going to give it a 28. Because like you say, 
it's exactly what some people are looking for. And the people that might review it on Rotten Tomatoes, you would expect that this is what they were looking for, right? This is a thing and it's intentional in what it's doing and it's doing what it's intending to do very well. I don't necessarily like that thing all that much, but I kind of weirdly respect this smut peddler putting out this stupid fucking movie and it is exactly exactly what it wants to be and i gotta give it credit for that and it did make me laugh out loud several times there are comments i left on here that i love this i love that like i can't give a movie that does that much like a zero or anything close to it i'm gonna give it a 28 so 15 and 28 all right remember guys stick around and we're gonna talk about the pet cemetery remake but that's all we have for uh, these two films. What are we watching next week, Kelsey? Next week is a recommendation. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, we watched The Changeling. Yes. Do you remember when we watched The Changeling that I said it reminded me of another movie that was on our list? Yes, but I don't remember what the movie was. Well, Aaron, it's your turn. We're going to be watching Stir of Echoes. Yes. Yes. And we talked about that. I remember that. I think I wrote back to Aaron. Oh. And I couldn't remember what episode we talked about Stir of Echoes in. And apparently it was like the episode right before I wrote back to him. (laughs) And that's why I remembered it so well. Stir of Echoes, I just think of as one of the many DVDs that my parents bought, you know, when DVDs were kind of new in the late 90s. (laughs) I have fond memories of Stir of Echoes, but I don't know. We'll see. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Acting all weird. What else are we watching? A movie I've never heard of before from 1985 called House, and it's got Tommy Ross in it. Who is? Who is the the guy that takes Carrie to the prom. He's also the guy from American Hero or whatever. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. <laughs> Never thought of you. Be so free. You might notice we're playing a little bit loose with the rules here. Stir of Echoes is credited as being from 1999, which makes it 20 years old. So since it's right on that threshold, we could really go either way with this one. And we decided to pair it with House, so it's going to be the quote-unquote modern film. All right, that is next week's episode. I'm just going to do a little bit of housekeeping first, and then we'll talk about... Pet Cemetery. Until next week's episode with House and Stir of Echoes, you can always reach us at podcemetery.com where you can browse all of our episodes, including a poster list in alphabetical order of all the movies we have ever covered on the show, all over 150 of them. You can leave a comment on the website there to share your thoughts on the movies or even recommend one or two for us to cover in a future episode. You can also email us at podcemetery at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at at Pod Cemetery, where I add comments 
that we think of after the mics are off. Uh, now, I say I because normally I am editing the episodes, but Kelsey's been doing a lot of editing lately, and she's been doing a bang-up job of it. So thank you very much for that, Kelsey. And so she she might be providing some of the commentary on Twitter in the future. So we'll see how that goes. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. As always, a five-star written review is the best rating that we can get and gives us the most traction. Better than even that is sharing us with your friends, and better than that is listening in the GD first place. So thank you very much for that, and we love every single one of you. Before we go, though, let's talk about Pet Cemetery. We went to go see that. It is Friday, April 12th. We saw it on Tuesday with our roommate who has never read the original book or seen the original movie. It's going to be hard to talk non-spoilery because a lot of the things that happen in this movie happen within the context of the book and the original. And so you kind of already know what's going on there, but we will do our best. Kelsey, what did you think of Pet Cemetery? I thought it was okay. It's well made, but it's pretty boring, and I didn't like the changes. I mean, that's no surprise. If you listen to us, then you know I'm a stickler about that stuff, especially once I've read the book, especially because of how much we absolutely love this movie. I mean, we named our entire podcast after it. Yep. So, look, I went into this with pretty low expectations, and the fact that it barely got to those expectations, that's a big problem. I yeah, I didn't like the way they decided to end it. It is different from both the book and the movie. It wasn't scary, like, at all. Like, at all. So that sucked. As you guys know, I am the remake or adaptation apologist between the two of us. Uh, and this is both. And I came out of this movie more angry than I've come out of a movie in a very long time. I was so upset and not like hurt, like, oh, it stabbed me or whatever. No, I didn't feel like personally affronted by it. I just, it kept making bad decisions over and over and over again. And things that you think are going to be deviations from the original stories, the original versions that might still be cool end up not being cool. There's a major change that we talked about in a prior episode. It's very, very public, so I don't think it's a spoiler, but I'm not going to say it anyway. There's a change that they reveal really early on in the marketing for this movie, and Kelsey was like, nope, that's dumb. I hate it. And I was like, well, just wait. There's certain things you can do if you make this change that you couldn't do otherwise. Plus, if you remember in the original, there was this problem, yada, yada, yada. No, I was wrong. Kelsey was right. It was the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. 100% the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you know what I'm talking about. It is. It was such a bad decision. And the plot, okay, the plot does Judd dirty. However, there are huge questions that come out of the book and the original movie as to why Judd does what he does. No, the questions do not arise out of the book. They arise out of the original film. The book okay. explains it. And yes, I did think that this remake did a better job of informing its audience yes. of why these things are happening. And I was completely satisfied. When you watch the original, you're like, 
I, okay, I don't get why this would happen. It's the whole spurring event of all the events of the movie. But why does he do it? <laughs> Especially if he knows it's bad. <laughs> this movie does a much better job of it. And and I walked away from that going, oh, oh, okay. I don't, I don't have any questions about that at all anymore. Yeah. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's John Lithgow's, I thought he was good. But <sighs> they do his character dirty. <laughs> Did you agree with me that's not scary? It's not scary. Yeah. At all. I mean, they try to a little bit with mm-hmm. the sister, but like, I'm sorry, you're never going to get as good as the original. Yeah. They incorporate church into it a little more. I thought the church was better in the original movie. I thought he was fine in this one. He's a Russian blue or whatever in the original movie, which I absolutely love. And it, we don't get Thanksgiving's Day for Cats. Today is Thanksgiving Day for Cats. But only if they came back from the dead. Go on. Lie down. Play dead. If you remember, that was the first sponsor of our very first episode was Thanksgiving's Day for Cats. Today's episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Undead Cat Thanksgiving. Undead Cat Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving's Day for cats, but only if they came back from the dead. Oh my God, the nail in the coffin, the absolute last straw for me. As the whole movie ends, and I'm not going to give any plot spoilers away, But this could be, oh, an exciting surprise for some people. So, I don't know, plug your ears or something. They remade the Ramones Pet Cemetery song, the one we use for our intro and most of our outros. They remade it, and it's some shitty band that sounds like they came out of the early 2000s. I don't even know who it was. I don't care who it was. I care. It was a shitty fucking version of it. I'm gonna see if it's Pet Cemetery Song Remake. Oh my god. Can music writers be more up their own fucking asses? On revolvermag.com, they call this cover Reverent. And they call the band who covered it Starcrawler Retro Scuzz Rockers. What the fuck does that even mean? Get out of your own fucking ass, people. <laughs> Star what? Starcrawler. This is the first sentence of this article that gushing over this cover of this song, which is not good. It's fucking boring as shit. Yeah, and it's sung with, like, no enthusiasm. And not even, like, the Ramon sort of, like, unenthusiastic tone. It's just a nothing of a song. And this is the first sentence of this article entitled, Hear Starcrawler's Reverent Cover of Ramon's Pet Cemetery from Film Soundtrack. L.A. Buzz Band's rendition appears in movie under closing credits. First sentence. It's not even credited to a person. It just says revolver staff. Los Angeles' Starcrawler are retro scuzz rockers led by freak show frontwoman Arrow DeWild, a bloodthirsty banshee with shock rock attitude. It's, it's a really fucking boring song. Here, I'm going to play a little clip. Sounds like Don't Fear the Reaper. That's exactly what I was thinking. It sounded exactly like Don't Fear the Reaper. 
sounds like she's bored. Like I get it, but then don't fucking remake the song. Why are you even doing it then? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just for the novelty of the fact that they remade the movie, so now they're gonna remake the song. I agree. But like seriously, does the original song sound just like Don't Fear the Reaper and we just never noticed? Because I thought I was listening to Don't Fear the Reaper. I thought you put on the wrong song. No, it doesn't sound like that. I can see how if you did a shitty version of it, it would sound like Don't Fear the Reaper. <laughs> you know, one that has no emotion and doesn't have any actual guitar riffs to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the original does. <laughs> this one just doesn't. And it ends up sounding like the intro to Don't Fear the Reaper. <sighs> just unreasonably angry at this movie. And Jason, what's his face, continues... His unending streak of being that guy who's just so fucking uninteresting and they could play up his growing insanity, but they don't. They do a really shitty job of showing him just getting progressively crazier. See the guy in Winchester? Yes. See what I mean? (laughs) Does he have a British accent? He's like British or Australian or something like that. He, his yeah. accent. He slipped a little, a little bit. Yeah, a uh-huh. lot in this movie. Yeah. Like I noticed it, and I rarely notice that shit. You notice it way more often than yeah. I do. Just <sighs> don't go see it. It's not scary. It's not thrilling. It's not even interesting as a remake. Every single change, and again, this is the apologist speaking. Every single change they make to this movie, except for the one where they do a better job of explaining Judd's motives, is a bad change. Mm-hmm. They even try to like include things from the book that weren't, and they included. do a shitty job of it, like Judd's wife. Yeah, like Judd's wife. I don't want to give anything away. It just, it just doesn't know. It was like, hey, there this were is things- a reference to the book, and that's it. <laughs> exactly. There were things that were left out in the original. Let's try our best to put them in somewhere without actually developing them. Yeah. It'll be just a little wink and a nod to those who read the book. But not even like a funny little silly nod. It's something no. we're supposed to be like scared of. But there's been no development, and we have no reason to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bummer. It was a bummer. They, I think they did a really good job with Church, though. They made him look really good. <laughs> you know, cute kitty. He is a cute kitty. All right, guys. That's the end of our spoiler-free talk of Pet Cemetery. Who knows when it comes out on home video, we might do an episode on it. But that's our feelings. And I severely... I was, it's not that I dislike the movie. Like Kelsey, I think the movie was just okay. It was not scary. It was not thrilling. And every change it made pissed me off. <laughs> That's my thoughts on the movie. Anything else to add to that, Kelsey? That's it. Any last words? Rabbits aren't exactly Roy's bag. Seen a dream I can't escape. More loose and fangs, but a picky.
Evil Dead 3 Medieval Times? Jesus Christ, Kelsey. Try again. Are you going to say it's hair raising? No, but you can if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming her mind out off. She's, what? You know, it's not their fart. Fart? It's not their fart. It's not. It is. It is not. It is. Wait, what's the difference between soft core? You don't see any actual sex. You see a bunch of people simulating sex, but nobody's actually having sex. That's the difference? Yeah, soft core and hardcore. It's still porn. All three of these movies were shitty. <laughs>